102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 at the police with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. There's going to be showers this morning, but it's going to end around like 9-ish or so. The rest of the day is going to be overcast with a high of 50. Tonight, partly cloudy, low at 27. Tomorrow, real nice day, sunny and a high of 55. It's about 40 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. It's like lawyer day. We'll have lawyers we can talk to, including Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com. There's springtime scams in the air, and Steve's going to tell you all about them. Also, attorney James Winston. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence. And if you've heard this show before, you know we specialize in that kind of thing. But he's coming up later on this morning. That and a lot of other stuff. Just about 536. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mr. Rock, it's 550 in Fleetwood Mac. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 54. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Oh, what do we got going on here today? The Super Mario Brothers movie hits theaters next Friday. So someone conducted a survey to determine the most loved characters in the Mario universe. And in the end, Mario is only number three. It's his universe. I know. But Yoshi and Luigi Get out of here are one and two, respectively. Yoshi and Luigi. Will you please? Luigi. He couldn't uh, fit a pipe with a hot babe at... I lost my train of thought. Listen, it's Mario's world. It's his universe. He started it. He and the gorilla with the barrels, and that's it. Is this a live action? I don't. I haven't seen the trailer for it. I certainly hope so, because man, haven't we waited long enough? Uh, no. It's it's a it's a animated thing. It's like um, still a cartoon, but real life cartoon. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like. Nude scenes and a dance number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that uh, where Kate Winslet gets all hot and heavy in the back of an old car and uh, on that ship? Isn't that that movie? No, I believe that's Titanic. And I, and, and she says, uh, I'm sorry, Leo, your princess is in another castle. And Leo goes, I know, uh, you're way too old for me. No, I don't believe that's the same one. You don't think that's the same one? I don't, Am I I don't think so. mixing two different uh, plot lines? I'm not sure. It's possible. YouTube guitarist The Edge says they're going to kickstart a resurgence of guitars in mainstream music. He said, we're turning the amps on. That rock we all grew up with, we'd love to connect back into. Okay. And uh, he's going to be uh, I guess leading the charge in that gonna one? He's going to be leading the charge on that one. Hmm. So, Well, maybe if you had made actual rock music. Uh, or weren't playing the same guitar part for 35 years. Right. Uh, Metallica bassist uh, Robert Trujillo. I always like saying that name. Trujillo. Trujillo. Okay. Okay. Uh, recorded backup vocals for the first time for their upcoming album. He said he's proud of it because when he joined the band back in 2003, he'd never sung before. Yeah, there's a reason for that. You're the bassist. Well, bass players can sing. Some can. And Getty Lee. He's a bass player. Yeah, that's true. He's a songbird of my generation. Who else is a bass player that sings? Oh, there's, there's tons of them. Uh, Paul McCartney, for example. He did pretty good for himself. Uh, Roger Waters. I could go on. Oh, oh. All right, whatever. But Robert Tujillo. Uh, Tujillo. Whatever. That dude is a total badass. 
Uh, Selma Blair hasn't been posting on Instagram as much because trolls called her a narcissistic bitch for describing herself in her captions. I did that one time, and now she's off? Well, that's what happens. In an interview with Savannah Guthrie on Today, she explained that she includes descriptions for all her photos to assist those who are blind and use an accessibility feature to, to be read to. Selma said, quote, We are not accustomed to thinking outside of our own social group. This was an awakening for me to see how much people didn't realize a lot of what they think is my narcissism is just becoming more aware of other people's needs. Yeah, no, I don't think that's how it works. She uh, she also said it's uh, been a freeing experience to learn to be more accommodating to those with disabilities. As you know, someone was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2018 and has been in remission since mm. 2021, but still has lingering symptoms like fatigue and challenges uh, with moving. Well, people on social media are just jerks, so I don't uh, know, like, can you expect much more from the general public? No, but when sometimes you- when a narcissist tells you about how they've uh, somehow found some level of sensitivity, it's usually not about the sensitivity. It's about letting you know how much more sensitive they are. Uh, yeah. Not I actual can- sensitivity. It's sensitivity really? to you thinking they're sensitive. Because it's all about them anyway. Ultimately, yes. Right. Variety put together a list of the best Quentin Tarantino characters from all of his movies. Yes. What do you think the number one is? I don't know. Uh, that's a tough one. And this is a movie I've never seen. Stuntman Mike from Death Proof. That was Kurt Russell. I never Actually, saw didn't that, see that movie. One. Didn't see that one. Uh, Calvin Candy, in, uh, that's Leo DiCaprio, and Django Unchained. That was a great movie, I thought. I actually didn't see that one either. That was one of those ones where you think, oh, well, you know, uh, what, what, when is this going to be uh, violent? It's a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movie, and then it doesn't disappoint. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but it's like in the last three seconds of the movie. No, there, there, there's plenty of violence throughout the movie. It was no. actually a very well-done movie. No, that was that other one from the Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Eight. Took like, what, nine hours before you got to the real, all the killing? So Samuel Jackson's character in that, uh, Major Marquis Warren, he's number four on the list. Okay. Uh, that was one of those movies that went on for two hours and 45 minutes, and then the last 15 minutes to get the three hours was nothing but a bloodbath. Not that I want to give away what happens in a Quentin Tarantino movie, but... See, at least Kill Bill was, like, up front from the very beginning. It was nothing but violence right. and blood-splattering gore. Well, Fantastic. He, he likes to change up his violence patterns when he's uh, doing movies. Uh, Jackie Brown, uh, number six. Uh, mm-hmm. Pay May uh, from from Kill Bill, Yep, number seven. The Bride from Kill Bill, Uma Thurman, uh, that was number eight. Mallory Knox from Natural Born Killers. I didn't... I didn't think he did that movie. I thought that was, uh, what's his name? No, that was his. That was a Quentin Tarantino film? Yeah. I thought it was that other guy. Who did the who did JFK? Who was that? Uh, uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah, I thought that was an Oliver Stone movie. Wait a minute. Yeah, you're right, aren't you? I thought so. Unless he had something uh, to do with it. I'm going to have to like look I'm it up. i have to look it up. Uh, Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, she was good in that, too. And uh, Mr. Pink. From Reservoir Dogs, number 15. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was another uh, violent movie. All right. So the deal is on uh, Natural Born Killers, Oliver Stone was the director, but Quentin Tarantino was one of the writers of the film. Ah. ah. That makes more sense That now. makes all the sense in the world. A fan asked Nick Cage what his favorite Keanu Reeves movie was, and Nick said it's difficult. He has mixed emotions about Keanu because he kicked his butt at billiards one night. Jesus. This guy 
Talk speaking of narcissists. No kidding. Yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, Kim Kardashian does a two-hour workout every single day. All right, two things. Yeah. One, why? And two, she must have something to say about it. Uh, for, I don't know. And the last time I had a workout like this was when I did squat thrust in the cucumber patch with Ray J in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. There you go. Caitlin? Well, uh, we've been holed up in the house for uh, for a few weeks, and uh, we're doing this Netflix thing. Uh, continuing on with movie night last night, uh, we started with Midnight Plowboy. <laughs> <laughs> then we went on to Star Trek The Next Penetration. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And then we uh, finished off with Glazed and Confused. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> And that's your Hollywood trash from Rock 102. Ah! The National Time Deal of the Year Award winner for 2023. Four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, you know Mac Jones, the current starting quarterback of the Patriots? He seems like a pretty decent fella. Sure, he may have a few unreasonable tantrums over the last few months, but show me a 24-year-old kid that hasn't acted like a total dope from time to time, and I'll show you a bridge I'm going to sell you. The truth is, Mac Jones, at this point in his career, seems merely competent. Is he ever going to be Tom Brady? Tom Brady isn't even Tom Brady. At least not anymore. For that matter, neither is Mac Jones. Why am I suddenly souring on Mac Jones? I'm not really, but when conversations start to turn and sudden possibilities are bursting out of thin air, you would almost have to be in total denial not to notice. Yesterday, quarterback Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens requested a trade after weeks of being amidst a bitter and cantankerous contract dispute with team ownership. All this broke yesterday, just as head coach John Harbaugh was about to answer questions at the league's annual meeting. So what does this have to do with Mac Jones? At the moment, nothing. But according to Robert Kraft, that might change. According to Mr. Kraft, in a text conversation with rapper Meek Mill, One of the teams that Lamar Jackson is particularly interested in playing for happens to be the New England Patriots. He also said that, uh, Mr. Kraft also said that any decision to make a trade would be the sole discretion of Bill Belichick, who then deflected those questions by saying, I'm not going to talk about players on any other team. To hell he's not. He may not be talking to any of us about making a trade for Lamar Jackson, but I'm pretty sure he's yapping it up pretty good to everybody around him. Listen, I don't think it's such a great thing to abruptly change directions in your quarterback situation, but if you got a chance to make a trade for Lamar Jackson or stick with Mac Jones, I think most reasonable people would begin printing up the Lamar Jackson Patriots jerseys as soon as possible. Until that happens, we're just going to have to wait and see how dialed in Meek Mill is with this sort of stuff or whether he's completely full of crap. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Look at your lawn. What is it telling you? It's telling you, hey, I'm hungry. Hungry for Scott's four-step, which just happens to be on sale at Rocky's. 100 bucks with your Ace Rewards card. Instant savings. No mail-in rebate nonsense. It's almost time for step one right now. So stock up at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 103. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611. And Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be rainy today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 54. It is 38 right now in downtown Springfield. How's the, uh, how's the weather going to be at Fenway on Thursday? Uh, well, it's looking like uh, 41 degrees, so it could be a little chilly out there, especially with the wind coming off the uh, 
the harbor. Yeah. You know? You know what always warms me up? What? Like a, like a whole arm length of Fenway Franks. Yeah. That's like, because they're, you know, they're piping hot. And they're the fresh ones now. They're fresh. Right now they're fresh. Right now. Yeah, by but, August, since they've been, you know, yeah, steeping in gonna, the same juices since yeah. the... the <laughs> the Saki era, then yeah, you should be all right. Don't they uh, fry it in the spittoon spit from the bathroom? Uh, maybe it's yeah. a possibility. Well, anyway, uh, I uh, well, I'm a Yankees fan. Let me just uh, put that out there. Yeah, it's one, of, it's one of the many things we disagree with. But I am also a baseball fan. And uh, last week there was a uh, an inter office contest of um, of. This pair of Red Sox tickets for opening day for this Thursday. Sure. And they said, if anybody wants to get put in, uh, message me personally. That was the boss. So I messaged that I'd, I'd like to be in, please. And then yesterday was the big drawing. Right. And then uh, I get this uh, email saying, hey, uh, John Lufkin, the new guy. Yeah. He was the winner. And if you feel awful about that, then blame Sue, uh, our sales uh, uh, staff, because yep. – uh, she was the one that drew the name. Well, then I was like, ah, oh, well, I guess uh, well, I'm not going to win that uh, thing. So you're kicking the dented can down the road? Yeah, I threw Dejected I, and disappointed one more time? I even printed the email up and ripped it up like like I was at a like I was at a horse yeah. track. Yeah, like that's I a, lost my bet. That's a lot more yeah. uh, enjoyable than the indignity of, right. like, you're, you're just hitting delete. Right. So then all of a sudden, uh, maybe, I don't know, like less than an hour later, uh, it, sound, it sounds like Lufkin couldn't go. So he said, let's just do another drawing. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you know you can't go to a baseball game on a Thursday afternoon, why'd you put your name in it in the first place? I don't know. Right? That's a good question. It's a very good That's question. That's a very good question. Right. So then they had to do the whole thing all over again. So they did the whole thing all over again, and they draw a name, and I was the winner. Hey, Yay! Yay! You're going to go to a Red Sox game as a Yankee fan? Yes, but I'm not wearing it. I've, I've been to Fenway Park, and I know I know how to not uh, be seen. Good, because yeah. I, I can't think of anything that's you know more dangerous yeah, no, I then, wouldn't do then that. Then for a Yankee fan well, to show up in his Derek Jeter uh, game uh, jersey. But, okay, so but I'm taking my daughter, my youngest daughter. Okay. Uh, she's going to go to the game with me because she's a big baseball fan. She plays softball. She's, you know, really into it. And uh, I wouldn't do that. That's child endangerment wearing Yankee gear at a Fenway Park with <laughs> Any, a child. Anywhere, That's child endangerment. Absolutely. Anywhere around Lansdowne Street, whether it's a Derek Jeter jersey or an Aaron effing Boone shirt or whatever yeah. it may be, you're putting your life and the life of your children at risk. Yeah, but uh, I think we're going to be okay. I, and, and you know what? The seats are, are in the f- more favorable section than, you know. Way up oh, it in the doesn't grandstand. trust me when it tells you. Yeah, when I tell you, it doesn't it, matter. It, it does make a little bit of a difference. I've I've seen the difference in the crowds from upper deck and lower deck. No, I totally understand. You're going to get more abused probably <laughs> right. in the bleacher seats, far far right. away from the action. But there, those uh, those folks are still out there. Oh, I'm I'm sure they are. And I actually witnessed that years ago when I went to a Red Sox Yankees game uh, at Fenway. Uh, with my with my late wife and and we see this guy with it was a guy who was a Yankees fan and he had his two little kids they were like three years old dressed right. up in Yankees garb and some guy goes what a hole parent dressed you up like that 
And it was just like, come on, dude. The guy's got three-year-old. Like, I wouldn't say anything to no, somebody like would, that. But. Reasonable people would never do yeah. that. But in, but in at Fenway Park, amidst all the uh, all the, the the warm beer and the and the and the mediocre hot dogs, that's what you do. I, I'll wear my Patriots hat. I'll be fine. All right, you know. Okay, you'll be fine. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, I I thought that was pretty cool that I won the tickets. See, I know that uh, you and I have like differing opinions of Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. I happen to love it because it's this historic you know place that you know you've been going to since you were a kid. Yeah, and it's 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 always the same. You know, maybe a couple improvements here and there. You're no longer you know going to the. Uh, the, the, the piss trough in the bathroom, you know, where it used to be like this long, long sink of uh, dudes whipping it out so they could relieve themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's actual urinals, like, right. you know, like in society, like, like what they like, would like use. Like we've progressed. Yeah. Yes, like we've, <laughs> we've all of a sudden bursted into the 21st century. But, see, I still love it. And I know you are the kind of guy who thinks it's a <clears throat> out-of-date dump. Yeah, I've always thought that it should be knocked down and replaced with something else because every other ballpark yeah. in America has. So why not this one? See, I I I, yeah. I feel that as a uh, as a harmful and ill ill inspired heresy. No, That's how I feel. I don't. I you shouldn't though. You shouldn't. You should be like, okay, well, that was part of the history of the team. Yeah. See, I've I've been in the newfangled uh, newfangled uh, ballparks, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Why? I don't know. It just seems like they're just showing off. But that's that's what nostalgia is. Yeah. But your nostalgia shouldn't matter to the future of the fans of the of the team that you love. See, I, but I liked uh, you know I like like uh, Wrigley Field. Yeah. I like the old Comiskey Park, which is you know no longer in uh, operation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Get I like, rid of it. I like those old parks. I I like the feel of it, even though you know that's uh, there's nothing new or any reason to really go there other than for this nostalgic feeling yeah you level fenway and you build a whole brand new facility yeah listen i don't uh i'm not i'm not a big fan of that and and and, you know and even being a yankee fan listen it's the it's an opening day of a major league baseball game i'm a baseball fan i don't care where i'm gonna be and uh you know i'm gonna be with my kids so it'll be it'll be a nice uh nice dad daughter day at fenway park she's gonna have a she ever been there uh, I think a long time ago. Really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that'll be a great day. But for an opening day, you know, that's a that's a big thing. It's a huge thing. Yeah. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? They make such a big deal of it. You yeah. know, there's maybe even a flyover. Is a yeah, there's somebody famous will probably sing uh, you know, the national anthem. Right. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all that stuff. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice uh, nice afternoon. So thank you, John Lufkin, for. Uh, Giving up the tickets, which Ooh. is kind of weird that you'd put in for tickets that uh, yeah, you can't possibly use. I just uh, stumbled across Red Sox unveil new Fenway Park menu items ahead of opening day. Oh, let's see. Let's see what we got. Uh, avocado fries. Fried avocados served with green goddess dressing. Okay. Uh, I can pass that up. The crab cake sandwich served with lettuce and tartar sauce on a potato roll. I'll tell you what's happened here. You want to see what's happened? Yeah. That menu is the result of outrageous ticket prices. Yes. When you have ticket prices that are like at least $200 to go see a game, the type of people that you're bringing in there are the people that can afford to go see a $200 mm-hmm. ticket game. And that way, oh, well, these people aren't those uh, r- those hood rats that we used to have in here anymore. <laughs> 
they would they would eat those hot dogs uh, yeah. uh, soaked in bum urine from downstairs <laughs> in the in the subway. You know, but now it's like a sophisticated crowd. Yeah, yeah. They want better things, and get, they want fried avocados. Yeah, get a load of this. The Grande Nachos, the Fenway Nachos, Tostitos topped with beef, nacho cheese, pico de gallo, sour cream, avocados from Mexico, guacamole available in traditional nacho tray or souvenir Red Sox helmet. Yeah. Now, I remember a time, true story. Yeah. This goes all the way back to mm, the 80s. When they first introduced Fenway nachos, okay? Okay. And they came in a tray, and you had all that glob of uh, goopy melted cheese, and I got one because I, you know, I'm a lo- I love the nachos, could eat nachos like every day, and I'm, you know, digging my hands into the, uh, the, 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 the sloppy cheese, and I'm going to town, and all of a sudden I find something very, very hard, like beyond the hard stiffness of a, of a mm-hmm. tortilla chip. Mm-hmm. Chunks of wood had fallen into oh, my platter yeah. of nachos. Yeah, like like shard, like you know shards of wood, not like splinters. I mean, these look. If someone busted down a door with a bomb, this this would be the shrapnel from that. And it's in the nachos. I didn't pay for that. I'm sure, it wasn't cork. No, that was they that would only be something nacho- a Red Sox. That only something a uh, Yankee player would do. Well, actually, Sammy Sosa played for the uh, Cubs. So That's it true. Really matter. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get you got the Sammy Sosa nachos. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, the Did, New England maple bacon burger. Can't uh, can't argue yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going there to eat gourmet food. You go there to eat a pretzel and a crappy hot dog. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Right, well, if you so. want to cheap out in your child's uh, experience at Fenway Park, that's up to you. You know, the funny thing is, these tickets are free, but it's still going to cost me like three hundred bucks at least. Oh for yeah, the day. it's at an arm at least. Even free, it's an arm and a leg. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you won. Thank you. And I'm glad. Uh, looking forward to going. And your daughter's going to have a great time. Yes, she will. It's uh, six twenty-two with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. Some things are just made for you. Rock 102 springs your western Oh, boy. Let's stop all that. Whoa. I don't know what that's all about. Get those brakes checked there, pal. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, yes, it's 628 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Here's your western mass news. Pioneer Valley forecast. It's going to be rainy today with a high of 50 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 54. 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Do you want to laugh? I do. All right. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I unusual. On Rock 102. I make you laugh? Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. Hey, Bax. Yes, Steve. What does a robot do after sex? I don't know. What does a robot do after sex? He nuts and bolts. Ah, you see? You see? I don't understand that Because it all puts them together, I guess? I don't know what that means. That's weird. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Cloudy skies this morning with a few leftover spot showers. Clouds will linger into the afternoon and then late day clearing. High temperatures in the middle and upper 40s. The breeze will pick up a bit later on today. Then clearing skies tonight. The wind will diminish. Temperatures will fall into the 20s and lower 30s. For tomorrow, lots of sunshine. A beautiful day. High temperatures in the low to mid 50s. The wind will be on the lighter side. Then for tomorrow night, a cold front move 
moves through late with a few snow showers, and then it's windy and colder by morning. Temperatures fall into the upper 20s and lower 30s. But for Thursday, sunshine, just a few clouds, windy and cold. Highs only in the lower 40s. Wind chills will be in the 20s and 30s. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. Grand slams, no hitters, and double pronk 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Oh, there you go. Hey, oh, hey, hi. Oh, my God. How many mistakes can I make in five minutes? Uh, this is just Tuesday. I know, but I mean, I did, like in the last five minutes, I made like 150 mistakes. That's okay. You usually make 151 mistakes, so you're actually doing better than you were. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, when I'm sitting behind the board and doing your job, I screw up, too. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Oh, There's yeah. There's too many buttons and flashes and stuff like that. You know what we need? What? A producer. We do. We could use one of those. Yes, we could. Yeah, good luck with all of that. Uh, in the Three Rivers area of Palmer, police received a report about uh, 3.39 p.m. yesterday involving an attempted robbery at Country Corner Sitgo. According to the Palmer Police Department's uh, Lieutenant Aaron Sullivan, within two minutes of the call, officers arrived and immediately began searching. Several surrounding communities received a bolo uh, from police for the suspect's vehicle. Oh, that thing you put around your neck and uh, you tie it? No, 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 no. That is a bolo, but uh, a yeah. bolo uh, in legal terms yeah. is beyond the lookout. Oh, I see. Uh, so usually 22 explains what a bolo is, so I, when they didn't put it down, I, I didn't know. They just assume you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Never make that assumption. The uh, Bass State Police observed the vehicle exiting uh, I-90 in Ludlow at about 4.41 p.m. and subsequently taken into custody. 45-year-old David Gow of Belchertown has been identified as the uh, defendant. Currently, Gow is being held without bail. On Tuesday, March 28th, he'll be arraigned in Palmer District Court for armed assault with intent to rob and assault with a dangerous weapon. May I go free, Judge? Not now. Not now, jailed Gow. How now, how, jailed gal? How now, jailed gal? <laughs> you're not going anywhere. I'm taking you out to pasture. You see what I did? I see what you're doing. Uh, a 19-year-old Florence man has died after being hit by a truck in a remote cornfield on Friday night. Northwestern DA spokesperson Lori Lazell said the incident occurred around 11.30 p.m. during a bonfire in a remote section of the Hatfield Meadows near Great Neponset Road in South Street. A white pickup truck hit 19-year-old Jesse Johansmeyer of Florence and left the area. Johansmeyer was taken to Bay State Medical Center but died from his injuries early Saturday morning. Hatfield State Police and the Northwestern DA's office are investigating the incident. If you have any information, you're asked to contact the Hatfield Police Department. What a horrible story. That's a terrible story. Uh, probably people partying out in a field. A bonfire. And... Uh, you know, people aren't careful sometimes, and horrible things happen. Uh, West Springfield fire crews were called to NGL Supply Wholesale off Agawam Avenue for an LPG trailer fire. According to the West Springfield Fire Department, the fire was contained in the battery compartment on the exterior. The driver had been evaluated for minor injuries. The trailer appeared to be empty and not exposed to fire. It was an LPG um, I I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's a tanker, industrial gas tanker trailer. That's right. So it's not uh, about uh, sexual preference or anything like that. Liquefy petroleum gas. Oh, so well, you know uh, that would like make propane things or something. That's a whole lot more understandable. Yeah, it is. Why did they just say that? Now everyone's thinking that this is a that this is a a, a totally different situation. 
Well, because uh, that's how they report stories. They, they're expect. See, it's like the different shifts of the 22 News crew. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones that have already been around the block a few times going, hey, you don't need to tell everybody what a bolo is. And uh, then they're like, oh, you know what? I bet you everybody knows what an LPG is, too, so we'll just put it in there <laughs> without showing you what the picture yeah, I mean, looks I, like. I, I, all I said, I think, is like, uh, well, I didn't realize that there were specifically uh, specific trailers made for that kind of thing. A uh, Northfield man is facing several charges in connection with an incident that led to a shelter in place at Northfield Elementary School on Friday. Police arrested 46-year-old Theodore R. Sweeney Jr. of Northfield over the weekend. He was held on a $300,000 cash bail until his arraignment. Uh, He has pleaded not guilty to threatening to commit a school shooting, threatening to commit a crime, and disturbing the peace. Following his arraignment in Greenfield District Court, he's been ordered to be held without bail until a dangerousness hearing is scheduled. Uh, for tomorrow morning, Northfield police investigated the alleged shooter threat after the staff notified them of the incident Friday afternoon. The investigation led police to believe Sweeney was the suspect of the alleged threat. Mm. 46-year-old guy making threats. Uh, I don't know. Hey. I don't know what's going on over there. You know, I'm at this certain age now where I I, I, could, I couldn't even back up a threat. No, I know. It's like... Uh, if I threatened you... Yeah, based on my age and my my lack of uh, activity, I don't think I gotta ever like uh, you know, act on a threat. I have a hard time giving threats to my kids. Yeah, right. Like, you better turn that down upstairs, or I'm gonna. I'll give you something to cry about. No, I'm more of the. I'm gonna not do anything about it. <laughs> Clean your room, yeah. otherwise I'll be thinking about yeah. your messy room for days. I'll be thinking about all the things I should be doing. <laughs> Police in Athol arrested a woman for uh, possessing drugs at a motor vehicle uh, stop on Main Street. Officer For... <laughs> There's no names. Officer Forehand observed a vehicle with taillights. Officer Forehand? Forehand. F-O-R-A-N-D. I guess Forehand it would be. Yeah. Uh, the OPD Detective Rush- Rushford and Detective Chauvet assisted Officer Forehand in conducting a motor vehicle stop. Was this written by a child? <laughs> it appears to be. A brief investigation was then conducted by Officer Bishkegla and K9 Orca of the Orange Police Department. This sounds like uh this sounds like a like a science fiction show. Listen, the- We went to forehand and asked for his assistance for Chauvet and and Bishkegla. Orca joined in the fun. You know the least important part of that story was the dog's name. Orca? Yeah, I yeah. didn't need to know that. Isn't Orca a whale? Yes. Uh, well, it's also very close to Orco, which was the floating little magician thing that He-Man had following him around all the time. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm saying it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, we're in Eternia and all these people are there. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's it's masters of the universe. Yes. <laughs> Forehand, assist Chavette with your magic sword. Orca, help me! It's too bad cops don't talk like that. Yeah, they should. Uh, according to the Athol Police, the following offenses were discovered after searching the vehicle and the subjects inside. Uh, fentanyl with uh, intent to distribute, uh, crack cocaine with intent to distribute, and uh, cocaine with intent to distribute. So, all kinds of stuff going up in, in Athol up there. <laughs> Athol can be a very, uh, a very disturbing place. Uh, homeowners from uh, Western Mass and Se- Western and Central Massachusetts are headed to Boston Tuesday to voice their concerns about the ongoing problem of crumbling concrete foundations. 
Members of the group Massachusetts Residents Against Crumbling Foundations, uh, or NAMBLA, are meeting in Munson uh, this morning and boarding a bus to Boston for a legislative ad- advocacy day at the State House. Affected homeowners are pushing state lawmakers to pass legislation that addresses the issue of pyrotite, the mineral that causes cracks to form in concrete once exposed to oxygen and water. The issue has no easy solution and costs homeowners hundreds of thousands of dollars out of pocket to fix. Homeowners are advocating for two pieces of legislation that would help pay for foundation repairs and another that would require quarries in Massachusetts to be tested for pyrotite. Uh, State Senator Ann Gobi of Barry and State Representative Brian Ash of Longmeadow, both of whom represent communities affected by the problem, will be hosting uh, today's event at the State House, which will be from 11 a.m. to noon. Well, yeah, I got to tell you, something needs to be done for these poor families because you're talking about, you know, not only a structurally unsound building that's that's your home, yeah, but you can't even unload it, even if you wanted to. How could you sell a house at that with a crumbling foundation? Without addressing that in the sale, to me that would be a disclosure you'd have to you'd have to bring up. So these people are kind of in a in, a, in an impossible situation. Yeah, you can't just walk away from anything. You can't. You can't. You may not be able to live in the house, and you may not be able to get rid of it. What a horrible situation for people. Um, I I, had a, I have a friend who went through this uh, a few years ago. Yeah, and it was awful. Like so, she was one of the lucky ones that got help from the state of Connecticut. To get that done. Right. But all they do is cover the cost. You have to find your own, like, meat. They have to lift your entire house up and replace your entire foundation, which costs quite a bit of money. Yeah, because like, houses are typically very heavy. Yeah, and they got to jack all that stuff up. While yes, they, they do. While they, you know. A lot of jacking. Do the other jacking the other way. That's right. But they uh, have to lift that up and then replace the entire foundation. That takes months. And so, and it's know, expensive. Yeah, and this uh, this friend of mine had to live in somebody else's like apartment uh, garage or yeah. garage apartment or something until the thing was fixed. So it's not it's not fun no. for people who own homes like this. And, well, I, I hope I hope that uh, this trip to Boston is uh, successful and they get some sort of satisfaction out of it. I haven't heard of any homes collapsing yet, though. No, but I mean, if your house were inspected, right, it would fail. Right, but I'm saying, with all the years that this has been going on, no house has actually collapsed yet. But not it might just—it might just be a matter of time. I'm not like trying to make it. No, I, no, you're saying, not jinxing like, anything. I, I get that. I'm just—I'm just, uh, you know, pointing out that it might be not as bad as you think. Eh, I'm trying to look on the bright side, back. So I'm trying to. Uh, Trying to, uh, br- do, I'm trying to do a little Tony Robbins action here. Yeah, no, I, people I hear you. Who have these crumbling foundations? There's people with crumbling foundations. You are enough. <laughs> okay. And I'm joking, but I'm, I'm, I'm. I do feel bad if you have that going on in your house. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's a guy. Uh, I'd say this is a fireable offense. A longtime employee at a water treatment plant in Louisiana got fired and arrested last week for peeing in his own town's water supply. His name is Michael Mastin. He's 57. It happened in Donaldsville, Louisiana, uh, about halfway between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. It's not clear how many times he'd done it, but they caught him on video doing it at least twice. He'd move a security camera so it couldn't see him. Then he'd pee over the rail into the water tank below and shift the camera back when he was done. 
No word on whether he was just being lazy and didn't want to walk to the bathroom or if he did it for another reason, but uh, when he did it last Sunday, he didn't shift the camera enough so you could still see everything. Really? Yeah. Uh, officials put out a statement assuring that the People's Town water is safe to drink. They said they did take water samples and the public was never in danger. I think one guy peeing in the uh, water system probably ain't going to hurt you. No, but if like a a hundred people were peeing in the water system, that yeah. might be, you might notice. Yeah, you might notice it has a little funny smell to it. Yeah, but I think the, what is it, uh, displacement or dispersion or whatever it may be? I don't, I don't know what the scientific term is, but I would think, uh, you know. Well, parts per million or something like that. Whatever. Like how much urine is in the, how many parts per million of urine is in yeah. the water? You know what? Uh, for all uh, the people who live in tents and swim with poipuses, the folks down at Aquapump are the experts on all water supply systems uh, from the well, through the pump, and into the house. And they even uh, specialize in contaminated water. Steve, what happens if uh, if, I, if uh, my water system is damaged in a storm? Well, then you can uh, call the experts at Aquapump, only in Stafford, Connecticut, and Aquapump.com. It's good to know. How about know. that? How about very that? Good, very see? good to yeah, know. So yeah, wrap that up with a nice little, uh, yeah. nice, nice little treat for you. It's 38 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Hiya! Everyone has a project they want to finish. Sometimes it's a dream home improvement, and sometimes it's a necessity. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 652 and The Who with Baxson, Nagel, and Rock 102. It's going to be rainy today with a high of 50 tomorrow, sunny with a high of 54. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Check out the daily podcast available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on rock102.com. You'll never miss another show if you do it that way. Also check out Baxson's musical podcast. My guest this week, Mike Peters from The Alarm. Great story uh, behind this guy. He's a three-time cancer survivor. In fact, last fall, he had uh, a, a, a recurrence of leukemia and pneumonia, survived it. A new album is coming out, and he's touring. It's a remarkable story, and you'll be able to hear that on rock102.com. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to that one. Yeah, well, it's um, uh, it's been there two days. Uh, there you go. Well, I, I have other things to do. <laughs> I don't well, that's what podcasts are for. Podcasts yeah. are there yeah. when they're ready. When you're ready for them, they're ready for you. Yes. So and, and, and next week, I'm going to talk to a guy who's been in a band that sold over 23 million records. Yeah. So that's that's next week. I spent a lot of time. <laughs> nothing. Forget it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your online use has nothing to do with podcasting. It's, uh, no, I was going to make a, an uncouth joke yeah. that uh, probably shouldn't be told. So I'm just, uh, you know what? My mother always used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> So I'm not going to say if it. If the only thing you're going to have to say is something gross and, and and terrible, don't say it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Irish are, uh, they, they've been known to be drunks. See, I haven't had, uh, have any, ever had that I've never experience? known that to be true. Uh, the Virgin Mary, branded as Dublin's only alcohol-free bar, has permanently closed. Really? Yeah. Who would have thought that an alcohol-free bar in the center of Ireland would be closing. The bar opened on uh, Capel Street. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. In the capital in May of 2019 and specialized in alcohol-free cocktails. In a statement on social media on Monday, the owner said their time at uh, the bar has come to a close. But this marks an exciting new chapter for us. The Virgin Mary Bar is going mobile 
as part of the wider Virgin Mary franchise operation. We are thrilled to be bringing our uh, Virgin Mary on the road concept to events, festivals, pop-up venues, and much more around the island of Ireland. So basically, you've become a, uh, a concessionaire concessionaire yeah. at, a, at a fair. You're a glorified juice bar. Right. With, with, with more ice cubes. Uh, but that's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. But, you know, it's it's a bad dis- business uh, plan to begin with. If you're if you're if you live in a country with one of the highest rates of functional alcoholism in the world, you would think that uh, you want to know your audience. You want to know your market. Yeah. The alcohol free bar in Ireland is never going to work. That's yeah. like that's like saying uh, like the alcohol-free you know beer garden in Munich is uh, for whatever reason going out of business. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not something you would typically see in that particular part of the world. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, businesses like like if you had a juice bar like in California, let's say, that sure. would probably work out. That makes sense. A lot of like you know people who are healthy conscious out in like Southern California, so you know you'd probably make money, but. Uh, you wouldn't go, uh, I'm trying to think what you, like you wouldn't, like a tanning salon might not be a good idea in Southern California, because there's probably so many of them, and there's probably, you know what I mean, like your yeah. oversaturated market. I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. I'm trying to think of something that, other like what you just said, like in, like in Germany, yeah, or, or somewhere else around the world, what would be not <sighs> typical? Like a clothing optional uh, strip club. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. we're all can... we're all the strippers who are fully clothed. Yeah, or 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 uh, you know how they do like pause and pucks night at the Mass Mutual Center? <laughs> do you think they have they have pet night at the strip club? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Bring in your kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> or the longer the dancer. Uh, stays on stage the more clothes she puts on oh i see i like that it's yeah. the opposite effect right that's actually not a bad idea i yeah. would go to see something like that <laughs> i'd go to see some something like that just as fast as i would go to an alcohol-free bar in dublin lady i can't i can't wait to see what you're about to put on next Ooh, baby yeah. Ooh, a parker how Ooh, hot look at nice that. Yeah. look at that Ooh, look at that mm. <laughs> it's 657 with bax and nagel and rock 102 let's go while we're young Right, sir. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, whenever there are developments developing within the New England Patriots organization, you can usually count on one thing, and that is this. Nobody is going to tell you a damn thing. And when they do, it almost feels suspicious and oddly out of character. For example... Yesterday at the NFL League meetings in Arizona, Bill Belichick said practically nothing worthwhile at all, whereas Mr. Kraft was virtually unable to stop talking. For example, yesterday, Mr. Kraft announced that following a conversation that he had with rap sensation and good time buddy Meek Mill, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson has asked the team for a trade and would like to consider being traded to the Patriots. But the decision to make such a deal would be entirely up to Bill Belichick, who refused to talk about it. When Mr. Kraft was then asked by the NFL Network who he saw as a possible heir apparent to Bill Belichick when he finally decides to retire, Mr. Kraft suggested that he sees great potential in team's linebacker coach Gerard Mayo, who he believes, quote, has no ceiling in what he could accomplish. Bill Belichick, on the other hand, didn't have much to say about that either. The only compelling thing that came out of Bill Belichick's mouth all day was when he was asked what sort of optimistic words he could share about this year's team. 
The answer, one simple sentence where he stated, and I quote, the last 25 years. Boom. Listen, I don't care what you think about the Patriots' chances of trading for Lamar Jackson or the chances of another Patriots Super Bowl run in your lifetime. Bill Belichick just told you to cool your jets, settle down, keep your pants on, and try to not get your undies in a bundle. He's give, What he's given you for the last 25 years is all the hope and optimism that you're ever going to need. And although the NFL is a largely what-have-you-done-for-me-lately situation, Bill Belichick believes he's got it all under control. And if you've got questions about it, go ask Mr. Kraft, since apparently he's got something to say about everything, despite saying that everything is up to Bill. But hey, it's my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You're a nature lover, huh? I knew it. Head over to Rocky's, pick up some miracle Grow potting mix, two cubic feet, 15 bucks. Get a town pound bag of bird seed while you're at it for 19 bucks. The birds are singing and your plants will be happy. Life is good with Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 708 and the Jay Giles Band with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to eventually uh, sunshine later today with a high of uh, 50. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 54. It is uh, 38 in downtown Springfield. Uh, Northampton attorney James B. Winston is president of the Hampshire County Bar Association. His practice areas are employment law, including unemployment hearings as well as disability appeals. James is also a former adjunct professor at Western New England University where he taught employment law and business law. And he's on the phone with us this morning to talk about artificial intelligence. Good morning, James. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Max and Steve, for having me on. It must be very uh, encouraging to know that you're talking about two guys who define artificial intelligence every single day. <laughs> correct. Correct. All right. <laughs> All right. So we've, we've heard a lot about this artificial intelligence stuff, but I don't think really people understand what it is. Can you kind of explain uh, what AI uh, means? Sure, sure. This is really a, a pretty new area in the realm of at least employment law, and it can really affect whether a person's going to get hired or promoted or even terminated. And from an employer's standpoint, AI can be used in, in mul- multiple ways, including trying to improve efficiency and production in the workplace, as well as the bottom line. So basically, artificial intelligence, or AI, refers to computer systems that are able to perform tasks which normally require human intelligence. And and we see this, companies using artificial intelligence um, in many different ways, really right from the start in terms of recruiting and hiring employees and using this software, this technology, to call through uh, what can be thousands of, of resumes even before they, they hire somebody. So it, it, and right from the start and then all the way through the employment relationship. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute because I know there's a couple of uh, lawsuits that are in the works right now specific to that kind of thing but you know any employer or any employee will tell you that you know technology has changed the way they do their job it allows them to either work from home or or work you know in an office but with the technology advancing to such a degree you know chat gpt is now writing term papers in colleges and there's all different kinds of applications for this kind of thing do employers understand, I mean, are they looking at this as the future replacement for actual hiring of people, or is there always going to be a, a, a human component in hiring? A, a little bit of both. I mean, you definitely lose something without the human component in, in reviewing resumes. But 
I, I mean, I can tell you the, the vast majority of the Fortune 500 companies already use AI-based uh, solutions to go through literally millions of job applications that they receive every year. Um, top executive at Google went as far as to state that AI will, be, will do more for humanity than fire electricity. So um, it's being embraced by Bill Gates, uh, who said this is how uh, people will communicate, how people will work, how people will learn in the future. Um, on the other side, Elon Musk has, has uh, some reservations and has called it uh, dangerous technology. But, but the majority of the big companies from Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, they're all using this type of AI software and analyzing that data uh, to make decisions. So let me just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. So let's say you're a job applicant and uh, you have a bunch of things on your resume that might qualify you for whatever position that you're hiring. So then on the other side, you got this artificial intelligence thing scanning all of these resumes. Are they just looking for like keywords and that's how they aggregate them to they, to be the they ones? They are. There's certain, there's certain buzzwords and and that are supposed to um, be reflected in the software. The problem is that, that sometimes if the words in a resume aren't exactly matched up with what the software is looking for, uh, things can be lost. And I, if, if it's a, a person reading it, they can look and see that certain skills that might be on a resume, even if they don't have the proper buzzword, that the skills may be transferable to to the uh, duties at that particular job, and so that resume be skipped over by one of these uh, quali- qualified or uh, quality review uh, algorithms that are, are used. So there there's definitely some something that's lost with it being totally automated to to review and screen resumes. Well, I think the the danger again. This is a Northampton attorney James Winston on the phone. This I think one of the dangers of that is you are. Just by the 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 algorithm that's set up, you're kind of you're creating a situation where you're hyper profiling applicants for a job. And I know there's a there's a recent uh, case that's been filed uh, last month about something that sounds very much like that. It, 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 try to explain that if you can. Sure. So just last month, uh, a gentleman named Derek Mobley, so over the age of forty, African American, and he does suffer from anxiety and depression. And in his lawsuit filed um, in February, he alleged that the use of AI, uh, presumably what a resume screener, resulted in being passed over for between 80 and 100 jobs that he had applied for on the basis of his age, race, and disability. That's what he's alleging um, why he wasn't hired. And this is despite the fact that Mr. Mobley holds a bachelor's degree in finance and associate's degree in network systems administration he could not get one job or he could not get one job offer from all these applications but the twist here is that mr mobley is not suing any of the dozens of employers that he applied for that didn't hire him for for not hiring him that rejected his application mr mobley is actually suing a company called workday and workday is the company that developed the ai that all these companies used uh... in their screening of resumes uh, so it's, it's a novel case. Uh, by the way, coincidentally, the firm representing Mr. Mobley is called Winston 
Cook, LLC. Oh. Oh, no no relation that I know of. But, uh, <laughs> well, let's hope it, not, because it sounds like he's got a pretty darn good case against you. <laughs> yeah, do you know a good lawyer for him? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, he's being represented by Winston Cook. So oh, 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 there you go. There you go. Him against oh, okay. Workday. But what we've always seen in employment law is companies being sued for not hiring someone for uh, for a protective classification, someone is alleging discrimination based on age or race, uh, national origin. But in this case, the plaintiff is not going after the, one of the companies, the 80 to 100 companies that didn't hire what seemingly is a very qualified individual. He's going after uh, Workday, who developed the software that all these companies are using. So, it, but and, it, and so it sounds like, though, Jim, that it, that if uh, if that's the case, and there's a certain level of disclosure that an applicant you know, may need to not disclose just to get into the front door to get an interview. And if that's the case, you know, then an employer could say, well, why didn't we learn? Why didn't we have this information going into this? I mean, to me, it's like a, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a slippery slope in how you work with this kind of, uh, you know, technology. And on one hand, the employer says, well, this is great. And on the other hand, the, the applicant is saying, well, I'm, you know, it's, it's, eliminating opportunities for me. Right. In fact, another very recent lawsuit, the EOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, brought suit against a company called iTutor Group uh, based on age discrimination, alleging that the software, the online software that this company, iTutor Group, uses is inherently biased and rejects older applicants. And, and so this is just going to be an ongoing problem um, in this in this realm, and and remember, this is very very new. Uh, this whole concept that usually takes law quite a while to to kind of catch up, and and eventually that's what happens. Laws get passed. Right now, there's no federal regulation. Um, New York City, uh, Illinois, Maryland have started to pass some some laws to to kind of put some restrictions on on AI being used in the workplace. Washington D.C. is considering. Uh, doing that, but there's definitely some concerns that employees should have, including that AI will eliminate some jobs. There's really no getting around that, and and ironically, the, the jobs that are most at risk due to the emergence of AI in the workplace are are tech jobs such as software developers, web designers, computer programmers, programmers and coders, uh, because though their type of jobs are very susceptible to being replaced by AI technology once they are hired. And uh, on the other side of the coin, the, air, the area that is the least likely to be replaced by AI, and it makes sense, is mental health counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, because obviously you need the, the human touch uh, in, those, in those industries. But it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a concern that right. uh, employees you know, could uh, be subject to termination based on AI, and that's something they should definitely want to address uh, if there are any union, because that does affect, obviously, the terms and conditions of employment, and that should be something that's collectively bargained for with a company and a union, right. and those, uh, where there are unions. This is uh, North End attorney uh, James Winston on the phone with us, talking about artificial intelligence in regards to employment. One of the things that I was curious about, going back to this case that uh, you were telling us about, about the uh, the guy, the 40-year-old suing, uh, how does yep, he? How did they know that he was suffering from anxiety and depression? Did he write right. that down on a on a application? 
Well, I, I think in some of these, he, he had um, 80 to 100 applications, but some of those he actually did have in-person interviews and presumably... Um, and, and just like one of the allegations is, is also on race and, and age. And so in some of those 80 to 100 jobs that he applied for, he did have in-person um, interviews. Obviously, they, then they could see judge's age and, yeah, and his I, race. I, and, and I get that. I'm, I'm just saying my point is it's whatever information you're offering up to the computer or that is taking that information and aggregating it going, well, if this guy, if he's marked down that he put anxiety and depression or he's a, do you, do you know what I'm getting at? What, what I'm right. trying to say is that the information that you're coming forth with is the thing that they're using against you. Right. And, it, and it's like whether there's direct evidence. I mean, the circumstantial evidence is this is a man, again, who holds a bachelor's degree in, in finance and an associate's degree in network systems administration. So he seems to have the the, the uh, requirements for for the jobs that he was applying for that he was qualified and and so then if if you're looking at this multitude of of so many different applications and and not to get one job offer I mean that's at least circumstantial evidence and and that's something that um, uh, you know the courts will have to de- have to decide but again the novel part is is going after the company that actually develops the software and. And and that's I think the next frontier in these type of cases. The uh, the frustrating part about it is you know, there are so many jobs that are out there. We have a labor shortage out there for positions that simply can't be filled, and that the best applicants may not be the ones who are most qualified, but the ones who have figured out AI enough to circumvent the questions and to maybe you know, maybe to not give honest answers, and, and rather than you know, give you a, a real look at what your capabilities or experience might be you're basically showing how well you can beat the system. And and to me, if, right. if you're if you're hiring for positions that uh, that need to be filled, that's no way to do it. Right. And as, remember, it's not just the hiring. They're also using the employers are using AI once you're in in the workforce to decide who who do we promote? Um, who do we let go? And there's all sorts of different metrics that they use. Uh, and some of those metrics have the potential for bias, and that's that's another uh, potential issue here. Is is how the employers are using AI for the employees that they already have there when they're trying to analyze um, and make decisions uh, on the employees that they have. And 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 back to the thing at the beginning, you were mentioning about the issue with Chat GPT, and that's a great point because. ChatGPT, this artificial intelligence technology, it was pretty new, 2022, and of course this is a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology. The basic version of ChatGPT is completely free to use, very popular with many employees to create personal sounding emails and PowerPoint presentations. However, some companies are, don't want their employees to use it, like J.P. Morgan, Chase, Verizon Communications have blocked access to chat GPT, and the big reason why is because the, the uh, problem with this is that uh, the AI-generated text removes the human touch. And a perfect example was uh, recently at Vanderbilt University, two employees lost their job. There had been a mass shooting at a, at a nearby college, and these two Vanderbilt employees used chat GPT to draft an email to students following a mass shooting on another campus saying we have to encourage, uh, we want to support each other, we have to be there for each other. 
and that's all fine. The problem is they didn't really edit or proofread it. So the email to the to the whole community ended uh, in this mass email with quote paraphrase from Open AI's or Chat GPT AI language model personal communication. <laughs> so they used this prototype, and then obviously everyone that gets this realizes that this heartfelt message from Vanderbilt University is really a cut and paste from this chat uh, yeah. chat uh, GPT technology. And and so that's that's why employers don't want a lot of employers don't want the Chat GPT to be used because uh, mostly the younger employees are using it and if they don't really make sure that that quote personal touch is there it can be very embarrassing which is what happened at Vanderbilt University. This is employment uh, lawyer James Winston out of uh, Northampton. Jim, it's it's a fascinating com- uh, conversation, really interesting stuff and it's frightening as hell. We appreciate the time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day. You yeah, too. you too. Thanks. It's 724 Thanks. with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Everyone has a project they want to finish. Sometimes it's a dream home improvement and... Some- 730 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. West Springfield police arrested a man on charges of aggravated burglary and assault and battery on a person over 60 years old. 36-year-old Jesse Riscotti of West Springfield was arrested Sunday morning after police responded to a home off of Route 20, when officers arrived, they found an elderly woman who had been assaulted with multiple serious injuries to her head, neck, and upper body. She was taken to Mercy Medical Center for treatment. Investigation revealed a calculated, violent, and lengthy attack on the victim inside her own residence at approximately 2.30 a.m. that eventually led to the victim fleeing her own residence. That's according to West Springfield Police. Uh, Riscotti was arrested at a Springfield hotel on multiple charges, including aggravated burglary and decent assault uh, on a person as well as other charges, and uh, no word on when his uh, arraignment uh, was going to be. If he was arrested probably Saturday, I would probably imagine yesterday. Or, yeah, but soon. But you know, we, what the hell is this all about? I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, going through life and uh, abusing elderly people is not the way to live your life, son. Isn't that what uh, Dean Wormer said? Uh, I think drunk and stupid is no way to get through life. Son. Well, I thought he said also said don't beat up the elderly either. No, he didn't yeah. mention that, but that would have made a lot of sense. Springfield police seized a loaded large capacity firearm, ammunition, crack cocaine, cocaine, and cash after a traffic stop near the intersection of Sumner Avenue and Greenleaf Street on Saturday. The incident uh, led to the arrest of 22-year-old Chris Gonzalez of Springfield and 20, 24-year-old Chad Wayne Allen of Harwickport, who uh, faced numerous firearm and drug charges. During uh, a search after the stop, officers recovered an illegal firearm holding 14 rounds of ammunition. Additional ammunition, including 21 hollow-point rounds, were also seized. In the same bag, officers located six beautiful bags of cocaine, seven bags of crack cocaine, and seized nearly $250 in cash for a grand total... $15,000 for the Showcase Showdown as we go into arraignment. Dangerous is nearing to be held next week. All right. Your bid, without going over, how much would you pay for this crack cocaine? Uh, let's say $20, Pat. I'm going to say the estimated retail value is $1,557. Ding, 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 ding. You win both showcases. Come on that? down! Yeah, you get you get an arraignment and you get to go to jail. Yeah, well, yeah, these crazy people. Yeah, very difficult game of plinko. Uh, here's an interesting story out of the uh, the federal uh, courthouse. The man from New Jersey opened the door uh, of a car at a parked 
I'm sorry. The man from New Jersey opened the door of a car parked at a Hadley Steakhouse. He'd come for a parcel. He'd found two buckets of gold. This is how this story starts on Oh, my God. Stephanie Barry. She's been a little dramatic, but she's trying to tell the story. Seconds later, a swarm of FBI agents closed in to arrest him. He would later learn it was fake gold, part of an elaborate sting following an equally elaborate scam. Gurang Contractor. That's his name. Made That's the, his name? Yeah. Made the three-hour trip to Hampshire County in his BMW on August 8th of 2022. He was acting as a courier for a shady player he only knew as Shiv, according to a prosecutor speaking Monday during a plea hearing in U.S. District Court. Contractor, 38, pleaded guilty to a single count of wire fraud conspiracy, which carries a maximum of 20 years in prison. The scheme nearly cost a single woman in her late 60s her entire life savings. It all started with a robocall last summer. A purported employee of Amazon called to say there had been suspicious activity on the Hampshire County woman's bank account. She was transferred to a number of phony government employees, including a man who called himself Oscar White and said he was an agent with the U.S. DEA. Mm. The woman's bank accounts had been hijacked by international drug traffickers. The scammer, who was not named in court records, told the woman the DEA, uh, the DEA has uh, warned that its name has been used in scams in this sort. They told her criminals were using the victim's identity to launder drug money. That's uh, Bennett told U.S. District Court the maestro. Over several days of late August, the woman had several phone conversations with Oscar White. The man sent her a photo of a phony DEA agent badge as part of the ruse uh, he told the woman to delete the photo because he didn't want to blow his cover and compromise the investigation Mm. yes the man claimed to be conferring with quote the gang of seven which included other federal agents the scammer told the victim she had to rush to protect her bank accounts from the bad guys and she was initially convinced the d the so-called dea agent first instructed her to wire all the money in her checking and savings accounts to a special government account in Hong Kong, but she refused. But she did withdraw $330,000 from her bank accounts as the supposed DEA agent remained on the phone with her. She didn't fall for the wire transfer. The scammer told her to use that money to buy an equivalent amount of gold from a jeweler and ready it for transfer. She ordered the gold from Hanush Jewelry Outlet, but the purchase would stretch over days. The jewelry store would not place the order until the check cleared. According to Bennett, uh, Hanush offered to deliver the gold to her home in an armored car, but the scammer advised against that. Mm. Uh, Too conspicuous, he said, according to the woman. You're a crook, she eventually told him and hung up. He continued to call her, however, and then she called the police. Local police got the FBI involved. The woman recorded two conversations with the man as legitimate federal agents listened in. Then they set up the drop, but an undercover agent went in her place. They purchased fake gold, put it in two buckets in the backseat of her car, as the man had instructed. She left the car unlocked at Texas Roadhouse and uh, Route 9 in Hadley, and the FBI waited. Contractor showed up, circling the parking lot several times and talking on his cell phone. He then climbed out of his car and retrieved the buckets. He was then arrested on the spot and has been uh, remaining behind bars since then. That's, there you go. That's justice. That, you're absolutely right. Now, I'm glad, uh, this is a very uh, convoluted story. A lot going on, a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's the question uh, for for you. While at the Texas Roadhouse, do you at least order the cactus blossom? Because, you know, that's delicious. That is delicious. Dipping sauce. Oh, I yeah. like that. I do like that. You know what? You should have eaten lunch before you picked up the gold. I know for me, if I ever leave the uh, the Texas Roadhouse, I can barely move because I've eaten so many of those dinner rolls, that little 
the cinnamon butter on it, and then you know you get yourself the uh, the bone in ribeye. Yeah. Oh man, I can I can barely walk after something like that. Remember they came here like a couple of months ago and dropped off a bunch of those those rolls with, yeah. the, with that sugar butter. Yeah, it was awful oh, good. Man, it was yeah, really good. It was pretty nice. Uh, so anyway, a man supposedly named D. Patel called Hadley police to check on his colleague. Uh, he was apparently unaware contractor had been arrested. Timothy Watkins, a court-appointed attorney for a contractor, told the judge's client was a patsy for the more entrenched scammers. Oh, no, he's, he's just a middleman. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the guys above him. Those are the ones you really want to get to. Well, that could very well be. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk to Steve Weissman after uh, 8 o'clock anyway to talk a little bit more about these scams. Because, like, you know, you wonder, are they, are it, is it like this giant operation or is it really just two guys who are messing around uh, with wire fraud? Well, the thing is, it could be it could be either one. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you're talking about like a like a whole car- cartel of uh, of this kind of thing, yeah, it seems a little far-fetched, but yeah. you know, maybe it's not. Uh, the winner, and of- if that's the case, is Texas Roadhouse really the first choice uh, on that uh, on that road? I mean, a lot of places to eat. You can't and really Hadley. beat that onion. No, the onion's terrific, and 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 uh, it's very rare where I've had a a steak that I didn't like. Uh, well, there's a yeah, there's much nicer restaurants along the way. Oh, without not without that question. Texas Roadhouse is a bad place. I'm just saying uh, there are other upscale places. Yeah, but I think this is the only steakhouse in the immediate area. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think there's any other that I can think of. Oh, the Grill 110. That's good. That's good too. 110 Grill. That's 110 Grill. Yeah, yep. that's it. Okay. I like that place. All right. What about uh, Alina's? I don't know that place. It used to be Angelina's, and then they changed it to Alina's. Oh, I see. Yeah. What happened to Angelina? I don't know, but I hear she's nice. You know what I'm saying? The winner of a $500,000 Kino ticket from a drawing on March 22nd with the winning numbers being 1 through 13 consecutively. Didn't we see this picture last week? Yeah, we couldn't believe it. <laughs> the numbers came out 1 it was 14, I believe. I think it was 1 through 14. I don't have the picture in front of me, but it was it was Yeah, it, it happened it, at like 10 o'clock at night. Everything in order. Yeah. Uh that person has come forward. Robert Taylor from Taunton went to lottery headquarters with his wife to claim his prize uh, last Thursday. Uh, they played the numbers 1 through 11 and purchased his winning ticket from the Atlantic Cafe on Plain Street in Taunton. It, he plans on putting his money towards buying a home and bringing the couple's grandchildren to Disney World. Let me tell you something. If you haven't been to Disney World lately, you ain't going to have any of that $500,000 left to buy a home. No kidding. Place is expensive. Uh, it's uh, it's highway robbery is what it is. But that was pretty cool that that came out that way. You think about how many people play those numbers all the time, consecutive numbers. Yeah, but now who plays like who plays consecutive numbers like that? Probably the people who think, hey, you know what? One day this is going to happen and it happens. Or it's like a prop bet yeah, that you but put down. But it's such a random game, and they're spitting out such random numbers all the time. It's like uh, to have a system does almost doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. No, it doesn't. Because you're choosing numbers at random, and the the numbers are popping up at random. You know, like yeah, all of a sudden you got too much randomness. But now they have five hundred thousand dollars, and Damn. you don't. They randomly have five hundred dollars. I can think of five hundred thousand reasons I wouldn't be spending any of that money at Disney. You're only gonna get like three hundred thousand of it, or even less. 
you know, if you do the cash option, it's and always if, like half. And if you and if you don't have uh, if you don't have the day pass at Disney, you could easily spend a hundred thousand dollars in that park. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like it's gonna you're gonna blow through that in a, you're gonna blow through that in half a day at the Magic Kingdom. It's true. Uh, Clarendon, a one-year-old pig with a lovable personality that was left abandoned in Boston, has found a new permanent home in New Hampshire through the Animal Rescue League. Uh, in an update to an appeal for adopters for Clarendon back in early February, ARL said in a news release Monday the New Hampshire family, who had already had two large pet pigs, saw the reports of Clarendon looking for a home and were immediately interested in her. On Friday, ARL brought the young So to the family's New Hampshire home, where she was renamed Rosie and took to her new home with great enthusiasm. Who, Lee, who just drops a random pig off in Boston? Well, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, uh, you know, after Mingles closed, we had like a herd of pigs walking around, like feral pigs walking around that West Springfield area. I haven't and seen I almost a pig. hit some getting on that Mass Pike on ramp. Yeah, I traveled that far down the road. I haven't seen a pig in Boston since they shut down the combat zone. That's Many yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was probably uh, some recent dive bar that shut down, and these pigs had no home. You have to roam free <laughs> on the streets. They pick them up in West Springfield all the time. Sometimes they even put pictures of them yeah. stealing things from local businesses on Riverdale Street. <laughs> For a good time, call Clarendon. Yeah. <laughs> hey. You want some of this? <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be uh, eventually sunny, uh, rainy right now. Eventually sunny, though, with a high of 50. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 54. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aww, the National yeah. Time Deal of the Year Award winner for 2023. Gary Ro Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 748th and the Eagles. With Baxton Nagel and Rock 102. Eventually, it'll be sunny today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 54. It's 38 in downtown Springfield. Hey, uh, not for nothing, but uh, this spring we are celebrating bacon and brews. Brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements. Join us at the Log Cabin. It's Sunday, April 23rd from noon to 3 for a bacon and craft beer themed bash. Now, I will tell you now <laughs> that the, uh, the tickets are going very, very fast. In fact, There's less than a hundred left. Actually. Yeah, that's how quickly it's gone. So uh, your admission includes all kinds of bacon inspired treats prepared by the log cabin chefs, a cash bar with a selection of craft beers, including loophole brewing, Backy's brewing, Amherst Brewing Company and more live music from Yellow Nine and a lot of other great stuff. Tickets are on sale. But like you said, less than 100 tickets are up for grabs now at Rock 102, uh, Rock102.com. You've got to be over 21 uh, with the positive ID to enter. It's Bacon and Brews, April 23rd at the Log Cabin in Holyoke, brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Are you ready? I am ready. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. You know, I'm going to that baseball game on uh, on Thursday, yeah. the opening day game, because uh, I won tickets here in the employee drawing. Very excited. Yeah, it's exciting stuff that it happened to you. But you'll never guess who caught a home run ball at the Dodgers Royal Spring Training game on Saturday. Who? Check it out. You ready? Did the dog catch that? Yeah, look that. How about that? The dog, K9, got the home run ball. Can you imagine that? A dog catching a ball at a baseball game? What's a dog doing at the at a baseball game? It was a canine. Yeah, I know. That's a dog. What's a dog doing at the baseball game? Uh, 
hanging out. Well, it's it's on the field. Out it's it's I'm watching the video. It's there it's in that Spring training obviously doesn't have seats in this particular stadium. That okay. They're so they're on like this grassy area that they're just sitting down, and it looks like people can bring their dogs out there because right. it's an outdoor park. So thing. the ball landed first. It's not like uh, the dog caught it in midair. No. Like, it, the dog could smash all its teeth out trying to do that. No, it's not like a dog was on the third baseline and, uh, you know, trying to be A-Rod and pushing the hands out of his way. Yeah, to get right. To get not get the ball. He jumped at it and chomped it, and he got it. But uh, that was pretty cool. The dog, you can see the dog grabbing the ball and running away with oh, that's it. That's nice. Yeah. Good boy. Good boy. Hey, they signed him. He'd yeah. probably be a better player. <laughs> uh, a woman on uh, TikTok went viral saying she doesn't understand why men don't share personal details with each other. And then a man responded with a pretty good explanation. Here's an edited version of those two clips together. You ready? Okay. I genuinely do not understand how men do not know personal facts about the other. I recently got lunch with two guys and they know each other and I know both of them separately. And I said something to the guy and I was like, yeah, and then your fiance. And the other guy was like, congrats, man. I didn't know you were engaged. I didn't know you were engaged. What? He didn't tell you he was going to propose? What? Pop culture loves to portray men as being very simple and shallow, like we'll get together and we'll just talk about sports all day. We'll never get into anything about our personal lives. And I guess women don't realize there's a reason for this. From birth, it was my understanding that the most noble thing you can do as a man is not be a burden on other people. Yes! Sports or video games or Warhammer figures, but it is, in our perception, a burden to talk about our jobs, our relationships, and so on. So the arrangement you wind up with is, because I like you, I'm not going to burden you. Ah, very good. Very good. Very very well put. That guy is a hero. For sure. Yeah, for for finally saying what we all knew. Yeah, you're a burden on everybody. Yeah, if you're if you're a female. Yeah. What do you What do you want me to do? Open up my emotions? Please? Yeah. I gotta tell you anything. Uh, clip number something. I don't know. Maybe three. Three. Yeah. A woman in New York accidentally got one of her fingers caught in a grocery cart for nearly half an hour and needed police and EMTs to help her escape. This is the moment uh, where first responders were able to free Ashley Nolan's finger. By the way, it was one of those honeycomb-designed shopping carts. Oh, yeah. She grab it from the front, and her finger got stuck in one of the front things. Oh, my God, the sheriff is here. Did you call 911? No, it's not going to call it out or anything, man. There's a knuckle there. That's the problem. Ow. 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 It's always the knuckle, isn't it? Anyway, how, can you imagine that you're you're now a viral sensation because you're kind of dumb? You know, no one, no one, anybody who wants to be a viral sensation mm-hmm. doesn't do it because they want to be a viral sensation. They typically do it because no one can believe you're that stupid. Uh, That's mus- the way to do it. That is the way to do it. Uh, music history was made on this date 40 years ago. You know the giant screens you get at the concert experience? Yeah. Do you know who created that? Mick Jagger. Close. Journey. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. 40 years ago tonight, they opened their Frontiers tour in Seattle. Journey was the first artist to include multi-cameras and a giant screen. Here's a clip from the documentary uh, Journey, Frontiers and Beyond. Journey made every show with full production package intact including a huge video screen over the stage and five cameras to televise close-ups to the audience, making every seat 
the best seat in the house. And now we will replay uh, Don't Stop Believing 12 times a day. Now the to best, encase the memory of Journey. Yeah, now the best seat at a Journey show is at an Eagles show. Yeah, right, at a different concert. <laughs> when your best show is at somebody else's show, <laughs> I know you've made it. And there you go. That's uh, now here. This uh, We have uh, attorney Steve Weissman coming up uh, after 8 o'clock. We'll talk all kinds of sit- scams at 754 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Yeah, let's Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 807. And Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. You remember uh, the phrase that every accusation is an admission? Uh, sure. You're going to accusing a bunch of people of scamming people. Wouldn't that make you the scam artist? Me, personally? No, the person uh, telling other people that they're scamming. Oh, I don't think there's any question that Steve Weissman is scamming people left and right. <laughs> After all, he's the foremost expert in scams across this great country. From uh, Scamicide.com, it's attorney Steve Weissman. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Terrific. Good to be with you. Why? What have you heard? Well, <laughs> I was wondering if you could pick up my buckets of gold in the, in the next to the Texas Roadhouse in Hadley for me later today. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, did you hear us talking about that story, or are you familiar with it at all? No, I haven't heard that. I, I know I was listening and learned how to do my resume, which was really interesting. <laughs> right, uh, but, there, but there, I didn't hear the story about Rosehouse. Yeah, there was a there was a story in uh, about a woman in Hadley who was being scammed by a man who initially contact. It was like an Amazon type of you know robocall type of thing, and then she wound up getting involved. And this guy said he was a DEA agent. He was sending her pictures of the of a fake DEA badge and. Uh, long story short, she wound up almost giving him three hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of gold. But the, the, the luckily, Hanush Jewelers was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't really think this is really the way this is supposed to be going." Helped the woman out. They got her in touch with law enforcement, and uh, they set up a sting where she left this fake gold out in the parking lot next to Texas Roadhouse, and this guy comes and picks up the real gold, only to be arrested by the FBI. Wow. Well, Amy, you know, Amy at Hanush does a good job working with law enforcement. No, yeah. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it always amazes me, though, really, and the thing is, anybody can be scammed, but you see uh, all kinds of scams, particularly romance scams, where mm-hmm. people are losing hundreds of thousands of dollars with, you know, you know, how do they fall for it? But we all do. We're all vulnerable. Well, yeah. I, th- I think we're vulnerable because, you know, so many relationships are created online. We, it's yeah. not always a face-to-face proposition. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of surrendering a leap of faith that the person you're talking to is on the up and up. And if you wind up getting to that point where you actually meet face-to-face, you don't always know the background or the backstory behind this person, whether they're telling you the truth about themselves or not. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you, you point that out, Bax, and here's something you may want to talk to your, your, your daughters about, because they, the two biggest groups that get scammed are the old people, the elderly, and the millennials. Now, the old people, there actually is a part of our brain that I can't pronounce uh, that as we age becomes less viable, and this part of the brain deals with skepticism. And so seniors are too trusting. But when it comes to millennials, they are just too trusting of their online connections and technology, and they, they really don't screen it enough. And it, it's one reason why they are the other group that gets scammed the most. 
Last hour, we were talking about uh, AI and how it uh, results in employment. Yeah. But you know, there's been a lot of uh, lot of stories lately about how AI in the wrong hand, chat GPT or chatbots or whatever it may be, yeah. are, are starting to be used by scammers and effectively. Tell us about how uh, AI is being used to rip people off. Yeah, this is one of those uh, situations. Uh, you guys do see what I'm saying. You know, things aren't as bad as you think. They're far worse. This is even far worse than that because what you do, there are a couple of ways. One that's been getting a lot of play is the the infamous grandparent scam, where the and it, it's not just grandparents, but it's, it's people who get a call that there's an emergency with a friend. You get it in the middle of the night. You're a little bit discombobulated anyway and uh, they tell you that there's been that the person's been arrested or there's been a health issue and they they need money to be sent right away now in the past people would try and they would imitate the child but you didn't it wasn't going to be the child's voice now with readily available ai voice cloning technology a scammer can go on the uh, the kids tiktok or youtube and uh, get 30 seconds of voice of that person that they want to clone, and they can make they can have a uh, a conversation using that that sounds exactly like the child. And so, uh, the the grandparents and other people are going to be falling for this even more. And it, again, it comes down to BS. Be skeptical whenever you get this kind of a call. You just can't leap and uh, send money. What you've got to do is first of all, a good thing if you've got kids that may be vulnerable to this have a, have a password. But otherwise, you call, you, you call the kid on the cell phone. If they say it's a legal issue, you call the cops. If it's a health issue, you call the hospital. But you just really can't trust any of these kinds of calls. The flip side is so many of the phishing and even really specifically tailored spear phishing emails that we get, uh, some of them are laughable when you see the, the grammar in them. And it's because they're coming from from North Korea or Nigeria or other foreign countries. Now, these uh, scammers can just use AI technology to make those spear phishing emails sound absolutely terrific. So uh, we've got to come up with some better defenses because people are just so much more vulnerable. Uh, you know, Steve, I got a letter uh, a couple of weeks ago from uh, a, a local health care place who uh, who said that my information, along with some other people's, were involved in some sort of uh, compromised yeah. breach. And it, it sounded like, the way they described it in the letter, uh, that an employee had illegally accessed some medical records and mine happened to be maybe one of that batch or something like that. What is, I mean, they're offering credit protection for a year. What What obligation does an organization have uh, to protect the people that it stores all this information on, and what is what is the the legal avenues I could take against that company? Yeah, we should talk. You know, this is <laughs> this is something that's a uh, a real problem now, and in particular, the the healthcare industry uh, is very very much targeted and uh, for data breaches. And one reason is they have so many uh, different entities that will. If you have a hospital, you've got insurance companies, labs, doctors who are going to have to have access. So even if the hospital is pretty good at uh, keeping its information secure, they'll hack into one of these 
these third parties and get it. But the healthcare industry in general has not done a good job. First of all, one thing is when you're dealing with healthcare, don't give them your social security number. They all ask for it, but they don't really need it. The other thing is, as far as the law goes, it hasn't caught up, and the the president is putting out a, a new cybersecurity plan. And one of the things in that is to hold companies more responsible for securing data. Now, the financial planning industry, and uh, when you're talking about you know banks and credit card companies and right. people like that, they do have laws uh, that require them uh, to keep your your information secure. And uh, the government's done a pretty good uh, job of coming up. Uh, against companies that have done that. But as far as the rest goes, I mean, often these data breaches happen, and they don't even tell you that the data breaches happen. I mean, certain states like Maine is really good that uh, has a law that companies have to uh, inform the state and inform the uh, the people whose data has been uh, stolen. But it's uh, it's really serious. The first thing you want to make sure, if you haven't already done it, is you freeze your credit absolutely freeze your credit at each of the three credit reporting agencies, and it's free and easy to do. Uh, if you need to know how, go to Scamicide and just put in credit freeze, and it'll show you how. After, Other than that, you just got to keep monitoring your credit cards and accounts for if anything is, is awry. But there are people now, and I was, uh, I was an expert witness against Equifax uh, when they had their major data breach with 148 million of us, and I do say us because my information was stolen too. So there are actions we're starting to see against companies for being negligent in this fashion. So, uh, yeah, let's make a few bucks here. You yeah, know, it, let's it, do it. it let's it, do it. I'm going after you. I'm going with you. It's let's interesting that you, that you bring this up because when you think about it, you know, sometimes now the way the technology uh, has been has advanced is like the best way to get in contact with your doctor is through a patient portal. You know, which is yep. you know, which is another and all your information, everything from uh, you know test results and prescriptions and everything else about your health is available on these websites. And you wonder, well, you know, how secure is this? Especially if I'm having yeah. a conversation with a doctor, you know, how easily uh, you know how how easily compromised could that information be? It, unfortunately, it, it's very easy to be compromised. And this is actually, you know, on, on the dark web where the criminals gather all of the, uh, they gather the data that they've stolen, they go to the dark web and they sell it in batches uh, to other criminals to use. And credit cards and social security numbers, they, you know, they go for a, a fair amount. But health insurance information is the biggest profit for uh, the people who are doing data breaches. And to make things even worse, if your health insurance information gets compromised and then someone else is able to uh, use it, their medical records will get interspersed with yours. And under our, our wonderful health care laws, you don't have the right to remove that false information. You can put a, a notation on there that this is disputed, but it violates the hacker's privacy. So you've got oh, the possibility of... <laughs> Yeah, of someone actually in an emergency, they look at your medical record, they see your blood type is O, and then it turns out that your blood type is A, and uh, you get a, the wrong blood transfusion. These things can be really, really serious. And once again, the, the government hasn't done enough to protect us here, and the, the companies have not been held responsible enough to date uh, to make them uh, secure our data. This is uh, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com. You posted as one of your scams of the day. I think this is on Sunday. This is really disturbing. 
Last year, 1.25 million children became victims of identity theft. And there's a study from uh, Carnegie, Mellon, uh, Carnegie Mellon saying that uh, children under the age of 18 are 51 times more likely to become a victim of identity fraud uh, than adults. That is frightening to me that, you know, that there are obviously there's no limit to how low someone can go. But the children are that exposed to scammers. It is huge, and, and most people don't realize this. And this is a, another thing where uh, the uh, you'll have Social Security numbers that'll be there at schools, and the schools aren't protecting them. Or suddenly uh, they want a Social Security number for the kid for some kind of extracurricular activity. And even more than that, parents have a right to uh, not have their child's information shared with third parties by the schools. Most parents aren't even aware of this, even though the schools are supposed to tell you this every year. The scammers and the identity thieves love the kids' information because, you know, if they steal my identity, yours, your identity, uh, we're going to hear about it, we're going to find out about it, and take action. But if you steal a child, they're not going to see it. Uh, There aren't going to be any immediate repercussions, and often it's not till the child gets to be, uh, say, 18 or applying for financial aid or getting a car loan or something like that that they find out not only has their credit been uh, uh, just ruined, but the fact is that someone is using this criminally. And uh, so they're, they're huge, huge problems here. One of the good things, one of the few good things that came out of the Equifax data breach is now parents can freeze credit reports for their children. Prior to that, minors couldn't have credit reports. So if you've got kids and they are minors, uh, even though they're probably not uh, getting credit cards, you can freeze their credit. And it's something that every parent should do to protect their child. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm reading about this glue and ATM thing that you were talking about. Uh, can you tell Good us a little stuff, bit more huh? about Yeah, that is some pretty interesting <laughs> stuff here. Uh, trips to the ATMs are, are are wonderful. I mean, you could even start with uh, the fact that there was a major major ransomware attack worldwide. Uh, it was called uh, oh, crazy, called WannaCry, and it took advantage of an outmoded Microsoft operating system, Windows XP, that hadn't been updated forever. And here in the United States, we're going, yeah, why does the the British um, healthcare system use Windows XP. Well, guess what? Most ATMs in this country still use that and make them vulnerable. But now what the, what the uh, identity thieves will do is they'll put a little glue into, and I actually ran into this, into the, where you put your, insert your card at the ATM. So you try and put it in, uh, but it won't go. Wonderfully, there's a really helpful person there that says, you know what, uh, that's, that's not working, but you can just use that radio wave, tap your card here, and you'll be able to get access. And you go, well, geez, thank you, and what a helpful person. What happens is a lot of people, when they do their uh, ATM work that way, they forget, you know, when you get use your ATM, normally the card comes out and you, you leave, you close out. This way, people often forget they need to close out. So you just take your card, you get your money, you think it's over, and uh, the, uh, the, the identity thief there, it just goes right in because you're, uh, you've left your, uh, your account open and empties your account. Ugh. That's real comforting to talk to you every month. You know that? It makes you, makes you just feel all good inside. Feel well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's funny because you and I have had lots and lots of uh, personal conversations over the years, 
it's only when you're on the air when you're really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I was just going to say it. I've never made you feel better. <laughs> it should be uh, Steve Weissman. Hope is just delayed disappointment. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, I'm telling you, it'll work for you. <laughs> to find out more about uh, Scamicide, go to Scamicide.com. It's an amazing website, and Steve uh, updates it constantly. Steve, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Good to talk to you guys. It's uh, 822 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print their shirt on your back. Heck, they make the Rock 102 shirts that we wear and give out to you at events. Find them online at gginks.com. gginks.com. $300? $350? Is that... Eight and the Blue Ice Cult. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rainy this morning, then sunny by this afternoon with a high of 50 tomorrow. Uh, sunny and a high of 54. 38 right now in downtown Springfield. Everybody's got a project that they want to finish. Maybe not today, but sometimes it's a dream home improvement. Sometimes it's an absolute necessity. And Rock 102 wants to help you get that project done with Pick Your Project. Brought to you by Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements. You could win $3,000 in cash, which could... Would be used towards uh, updating your kitchen with uh, Cal's building supply or designing your dream closet with master custom closets, uh, carpentry repairs or maintenance from Home Pro Handyman or design installation repair of vinyl, aluminum, chain link, and wood fences from A Signature uh, Fence. And all you got to do is go to rock102.com starting on April 3rd to sign up. So that's uh, that's next week. One winner chosen at random wins $3,000. Pick your project brought to you by Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements. Visit them at DaveMinerRoofing.com and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. All right. Giddy up. There you go. We got uh, we got news. Actually, you know what? Uh, the, uh, yeah, let's do news because I don't have time to get into the story that I want to talk about. All right. News is next All from right. on Rock 102. Nagle. Thanks, Bax. In the Three Rivers area of Palmer, police received a report about 3.39 th- uh, p.m. on Monday involving an attempted robbery at the Country Corner Sitco. According to the Palmer Police uh, Lieutenant Aaron Sullivan, uh, within two minutes of the call, officers arrived and immediately began searching. Several surrounding communities received a bolo from police for the suspect's vehicle. The Mass State Police observed the vehicle exiting I-90 in Ludlow at about 4.41 p.m. and subsequently was taken into custody. 45-year-old David Gow of Belchertown has been identified as the defendant. Currently, Gow is being held without bail. Uh, He was arraigned uh, yesterday, uh, and I don't know the details Mm. of that. So there you go. Now the bolo, yeah, we've talked to before. That is a that is a, the whole thing about you when you buy one thing, yeah. and you get something for free. No, that's a bogo. That's a bogo. Yeah, I think you're thinking a little thing that uh, hangs around a scout's kerchief. That's the bolo. Right. Right. Mm. What is that called? I don't know. <laughs> No, you're thinking of that guy who used to be a DJ here that uh, worked at here at night. No, 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 that would have been uh, El Toro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Not not the same. Not the same not guy. Not the same guy. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, affordable housing could be coming to Northampton. The Office of Planning and Sustainability hosted a public forum to discuss the redevelopment of Cook 196 Cook Avenue. The blueprint for the development was shown to the public Monday evening with residents able to voice their questions and concerns. The proposal would bring uh, home four bring home four new families along with a parking lot. Uh, the council spoke about how Habitat for Humanity assisted in the efforts. You know, like all these people like that even complain about that. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, if I'm looking at uh, Zillow and seeing this right, you said 196? Yeah. It's the old Moose Lodge. 
Oh. Yeah. You ever been to the Moose up in Northampton? No, but that would be a cool house to live in. Yeah, it would. Hell yeah. Can you still get cheap booze like you could when the Moose Club was open? Well, you open up the fridge and there's pickled eggs and there's co- pickled kielbasa. Maybe a couple and, ham hocks yeah, in a jar. Pig's feet. Uh, all kinds of good stuff going and on And you can smoke inside. Yes. Yes. You can always smoke inside. They have that big yellow ventilator that's on the ceiling. Did you ever see those when you go into a place like that? Sure did. It was like the... Uh, it was somebody's solution in the 80s to go, hey, you know what? Maybe the smoke is causing too many problems. Let's put this giant machine on the on the, on the the ceiling. Yeah. And then just let it collect nicotine stains for 30 years or more. Yeah, what people don't realize is when they were first installed, those yeah. yellow things were bright white. Really? <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the horrifying uh, cigarette smoke is what re- uh, discovered them. I remember my parents used to smoke in the house. Yeah. All the time. And I remember after my dad passed away and I was helping my mom like repaint the house on the inside. Yeah. It took like three or four coats of that Kills primer to get rid of the nicotine stain because it kept bleeding through uh, the paint. Like people don't realize how much that stuff just clings to everything. My my first apartment uh, when I moved out here was in Westfield. Yeah. And uh, the previous tenant... I believe their full-time job was to smoke uncameled, uh, unfiltered camels. Oh, yeah. And uh, it had to be like 24 hours a day. My recollection is this is the kind of guy, you probably saw him in like a, like the Guinness Book of World Records where he's got like 5,000 cigarettes in his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's you know, blowing the, the smoke off. I think it was this guy. So when we got there, same thing. We had to use kills to get rid of the, the, the stink in the walls. But he also was the kind of guy that, that really couldn't feed himself. He didn't mm-hmm. use the stove. It was like an old-fashioned stove. And so when I got there and, and, and we were moving in, I opened the stove and I couldn't open the door mm-hmm. because there was this buildup of gunk around the door that was basically uh, coagulated uh, nicotine. Ew. It was the grossest thing I ever I had to use a putty knife. That's to disgusting. Get it, out. it was gross. Yeah, that's gross. Gross. That's why yeah. I'm saying this guy must have been smoking professionally. Good. The only way I can I can justify it. Uh, crews were called to Maxwell Road in Munson at uh, 1.21 p.m. Exactly at 1.21 p.m. Monday for a grass fire. Uh, Munson police said the uh, family was having a bonfire, and then the fire started to grow and spread rapidly. It started to spread out to the grass uh, being dried out during these cold winter months. Uh, the fire then became threatening to the home, according to the Palmer Fire Department, which led to firefighters to act quickly to put out that blaze. Well, luckily, they they done fixed it because good that thing. wouldn't be a good one. Uh, the Massachusetts Gaming Commission, or the MGC, has issued fines to big night venues Boston Harbor for noncompliance with alcohol service requirements, requirements at Memoir, a nightclub. The facility has agreed to pay a $20,000 civil administrative penalty for two incidents that occurred in August and September of 2022. Memoir has cooperated with MGC's investigation and the Enforcement Bureau. Uh, The facility uh, has been working to comply with required corrective actions, which were the result of earlier incidents of noncompliance with alcohol service regulations. The IEB acknowledges that Memoir staff utilized some of the corrective actions in the assessment and eh, yada, yada, they're going to fix it. Um. I always wondered, like, it's so, it must be so hard to run a venue like that with people just walking around everywhere. I know you yeah. got people checking IDs and things like that before you go on the gaming floor or before you go into, 
But you don't know, like, you know, and it doesn't necessarily say this were underage incidents. They were just bar incidents. You could have people getting, like, really drunk before they even go in there. And then an incident happens, and then, you know, they're still responsible for that incident because you let him in there while he was drunk. Yeah, is it the cost of doing business, or is it just, you know... Well, you, you you also don't have any idea how much someone has been drinking before they get to the casino. That's what I just said. Like yeah. you don't, if you're drinking it before you get yeah. there. So they're still responsible. But you know, if, if someone is inebriated in a, in a in a casino and they're waiting for their complimentary watered down cocktail, I would think with every inch of that place just being crawl you know, being you know, loaded with security cameras, mm-hmm. it would be very easy to tell a waitress, "Hey, don't go back to him for a while." Yeah, don't. You know, I mean, because they, they, if you're drunk, they, they know you're drunk. And, you know, the, the best way to stop a guy from getting drunk at a, at a casino is to not go back to him with that complimentary watered-down cocktail. Well, they also, uh, there was a couple of different tips. I remember taking one of those tip-certified classes, too. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I realized how much drink, how much I was over-serving uh, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but years ago, I took one of those classes, and it was this. It was like an old, it was like a husband and wife team, and they would. Uh, it was on the, around the Westfield area. I don't know what what company they were from, but they were there doing reenactments. It was actually very hilarious. I bet it was these two uh, old people uh, give reenactments of what it's like to, for, to deal with a drunk at a bar at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the old man really played it well too. Did Maybe he, really? he was drunk. He could have been. <laughs> but they tell you like different tips to, to late night drunk in a bar. Jackpot. Always encourage more water. Always encourage more, you know, something to space out the time between the time the person has the next drink. Like if you can tell that they're yeah. uh, they're they're loading up, you know, if you've served more than two drinks in an hour to a one person, you might want to uh, you know, think about what you're giving them next. One of the things is to take the drink. If you make a drink, pour the alcohol on top. That way, when you stick the straw in, uh-huh. it tastes like a really strong drink when it's it not. really isn't. Yeah. That's very clever. Yeah. I never it's, thought it's of that. It's a good little tip. Huh. People think, wow, this is a strong drink. Yeah, it's really not. You just got a, you got a, you got a gulp of the alcohol that came off the top. <laughs> it's like taking the cream off the top of the raw milk. Yeah, know, right. Trying to get that buttery stuff off there. I just never so, thought of that. Yeah, it's actually not a bad idea. Hmm. Uh, from fish being reeled in by anglers in Taunton to the drinking water at an elementary school in New Salem, so-called forever chemicals known as PFAS are everywhere. The questions and comments from lawmakers from various corners of Massachusetts at Monday's Joint Committee on Ways and Means uh, hearing made clear. Per and poly... I don't even know how to say that. Uh, Floral alcohol. Alcohol substances can be made are man-made chemicals that do not break down entirely in the environment, and the exposure to their long-lasting presence has been linked to serious and negative health impacts like thyroid disease and kidney cancer. PFAS chemicals are all around us. They are used in nonstick cookware, food packaging, children's products, carpets, leather goods, ski wax, uh, firefighting foams, and more, and they have leached into drinking water supplies and the soil. Well, that makes everybody feel better. Yeah. Nobody uses those kinds of things anyway. And with the uh, Energy and Environmental Affairs Secretary Rebecca Tepper, Under Secretary for uh, what? Are, Stephanie Cooper. Uh, uh, I, who cares what all these hmm. people's titles are? Anyway, they had this big meeting about it, and they don't know what to do. 
Now, uh, I'm reading uh, Wikipedia here. It's yeah. more than just, what, did, what kind of cancer did you say it was? Uh, kidney? Kidney cancer? Kidney cancer? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also, uh, you know, uh, ulcerative colitis, thyroid disease, testicular cancer. You don't want that. Kidney cancer, as well as pregnancy-induced hypertension and preeclampsia. Oh, man, get me more of this stuff. Ooh, PFAS. Load me up with some PFAS today. To be honest with you, I'm not uh, really worried about the pregnancy-induced hypertension or the preeclampsia, but everything else sounds pretty bad. Well, it's it can it affects everybody. Yes. I know, I know you're trying to make the joke about the pregnant lady because you're not pregnant. Not now. Well, you could be soon. Uh, but, yeah, these, these are things. And it's in everyday products. All those things I just mentioned, the nonstick cookware. Yeah. Think about all that stuff. Like, you know, when you if you see a nonstick pan with the big scrapes coming off of the bottom of it, that's not something you should be using. Yeah, that's actually time to get a new pan. Yeah. But even the even every time you cook with a fresh new nonstick cook pan, you're getting some of that in your yeah. body. And people don't get cancer right away when they have those things. It's usually years and years and years of use of that stuff. But I hope you all sleep better at night tonight. Yeah. See, the, the funny part about it is people think, well, it's a nonstick pan. Things aren't going to uh, stick. Do you know if you use like a normal pan and the pan's hot enough, it becomes nonstick because of the high heat? I've been uh, really uh, exercising a lot of care with my cast iron skillet. Yeah. Learning how to clean that. It's kind of like you're just using r- almost water for the most part. Yeah. And you're basically like like you're deglazing the pan. Like you kind of heat up the water a little bit with the grease in the bottom of it well, and some water. You don't pour water into hot grease. I'm not suggesting you do that at all. Well, what's wrong with a grease fire? Nothing. But if you uh, mix water in the cold grease yeah. and then heat it up, you know, it just kind of, and it'll start taking that stuff off the bottom of the cast iron skillet. Hmm, the things a little you, easier to clean. The things you know. No, I, I'm like a I'm like a little handyman around my house. Nothing ever gets fixed. But I know enough stuff. You know how I, to fix it. You just haven't gotten the inspiration to do it. Yeah, I, it just doesn't apply to me. You know, the actual doing of it. The yeah, that thinking makes sense. of it. Now, that's something. I'm a thinker. I just need a doer around the house. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, mostly sunny eventually, but with a high of 50 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 54. It's 38 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hello, friends. Bill Richard, Board of Northampton. We are introducing a lower-cost alternative to today's high vehicle prices. In addition to our premium-quality gold-certified vehicles, we are now offering the Ford Blue-certified program. This allows us to offer nice, older, or off-brand vehicles. It's Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, eventually going to be sunny today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 54. It's uh, 30 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, I, had a, I had a story I wanted to share with you. Yeah, go ahead. It was about this uh, this woman, uh, a creator on TikTok. They call them creators. They're really just kids making videos. Uh, that she <laughs> likes to play at casinos. She shared a game about this. Collecting the leftover cash people leave at machines. But a number of commenters warned her that's not something she's supposed to do. The video was put up by TikTok creator Ileana and has attracted more than 2.7 million views as of Monday. In the short video, she films inside a casino with a small stack of digital vouchers for cash from slot machines, she states. I don't know if anyone else plays this game when they're at the casinos, but my favorite game is to play is walking around and collecting all the leftover cash people leave on their machines and seeing how much I can get. You think about that with the, you know, elimination of change. Yeah. Like, they don't give change at the casino anymore. It's, it's those receipts. You can go get change 
from the cage, but you cannot get change anymore from those cash kiosks, which are obviously outnumber the real people that are giving you money. Right. So it's a lot easier to just go up to the thing. And then when, you know, let's say you win $100 and 25 cents. Well, the 25 cents ain't coming out of that machine. So it, all they do is give you the voucher to bring then to the cage. Well, who's got time to walk from one side of the casino to the other to the cage to go do it? Most people just either leave the 25 cents there. Well, they put it in their pocket and walk away and never change it. I've I've done that before where, I you know, it's like 15 cents. I'll just give it to the next person or give it to somebody who's playing a machine. Here, here's my, and I make a joke. Here's my gift to you. Here's 15 cents. I'm, wow. like, I'm one of those guys. You're a generous sword, aren't you? I should start wearing my suspenders down there and start making <laughs> jokes. Hey, you know what? Don't uh, don't run out of the bank with all this money at once here. Don't spend it all in Come one place. Come on there, you little whippersnapper. You can do it. You know. Uh but yeah, these people are upset. She said she said tonight's grand total after about a half an hour was seven dollars and twenty eight cents. Now if it's you not live too in bad. A, no, think about it. If you live in a place like Vegas, you'd probably have a lot more opportunities to do that because yeah. you can just go from casino to casino. But commenters had a range of reactions with some concerned about the legality of such an action. That won't fly at the casino I work at. Some commenter warned, echoing several others who insist that the practice is frowned upon, allegedly uh, going by names like silver mining and credit sweeping. Uh, my friend got arrested for doing that. Really? Who? Like, Your friend probably did something else to get arrested yeah. for taking the... You can't... Might have been asked to leave, but you were, probably weren't arrested for it. You're going to tell me the casino is going to arrest you because you pushed a cash out button on a machine for 15 cents? <laughs> Uh, the creator uh, reassured that the commenter, I had my lawyer check into the legality. It wasn't illegal in the state I was in. I doubt she talked to a lawyer. Another insisted money left behind belongs to the, the casino. Does it? What if somebody walks away from a machine that has 100 bucks in it and you sit down at it? Then that is now your money, isn't it? Is there a time limit? I don't know how that long... That was always something I, w I was interested in finding out, too. Let's say you walk away from one of those penny slots because you have 27 cents left in the machine. Yeah. You don't want to deal with cashing it in, walking it away. So how long does that ticket sit? I see what you're saying. How long does that ticket sit in there idle for with nobody playing the machine well, before it finally just eats it up and says, okay, this is ours now? See, I think if you leave credits on the machine and you walk away... That's it. If you got to go like go to the bathroom or something like that, you yeah. cash out, you take yeah, your receipt, yeah. and then you just add the receipt to the next machine you go to after you're done with your uh, your business. Right, but I'm talking about people who just leave, like the ones right. that are leaving the casino and go, you know what, it's not worth it for me to go walk all the way across to the other side to cash in 27 cents, and I'm not coming back here anytime soon, so <laughs> sayonara. Yeah, not for nothing, but if I get like five cents left in the machine, I'm, I'm, ta I'm not leaving the receipt. Yeah. In the machine. I'm taking the receipt. I'll cash out. Uh, others pointed out, however, this is a casino we're talking about. The way the casino makes millions of dollars and people are upset you took $7.28. Uh, that's, that's a little ridiculous. One pointed out, this is the adult version of finding Chuck E. Cheese tickets on the floor. <laughs> that's kind of true. Another noted, everyone in the comments telling you it's a crime is killing me. And then someone did the math on her haul, which worked out to about $14.50 an hour. And then congratulated her for making more than minimum wage with her harvesting. <laughs> she was uh, still someone wondered if it was worth it. Legal or I illegal, you just look ridiculous doing this. You know what it is? People are just upset that they didn't have the idea to go out and do that themselves. 
How many times do you walk in a casino? You don't pay attention to how many people left tickets in the machine. You're not walking around looking for that. Right. But now you give an idea, give you an idea to somebody to do that. The only time I ever pay attention to other people who are gambling are people mm-hmm. who wanted the slots. Yeah, like the big wins. Yeah, like if I like we were there a few months ago, and uh, some woman uh, it was during like uh, the free uh, uh, free concert Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, some woman wins. Like she drops for like sixteen thousand on a progressive slot machine. Pretty cool. And she starts screaming. Yeah, I would like too. a lot too. Yeah, I thought about that too. But if I thought you know if I actually won. Would I want to draw that much attention to myself? No, probably not. I would say no. I would go, okay, I won. Now let's see how long it's going to take before uh, casino employees start uh, and security start gathering around me. But I don't think I'd be screaming like that lady would. Start harassing you. Yeah. Checking you. She'd be like, oh, I won, I won, I won. It was going on for minutes. I'm like, man, lady, I would shut my yeah, mouth. I wouldn't tell anybody that. No, thank you. Well, there you go. Uh, it's 8.58. Uh, oh, you got a contest. Yeah, we got a contest. Yeah. Uh, comedy is coming to the uh, Agawam Cinemas. Uh, Stephen Michael Cazada uh, from Breaking Brad. The guy that, play, uh, bra- uh, the say guy that, that played Gobi. Say Gobert. that again without screwing it up. Stephen Michael, Michael Cazada or Crizada? Crizada from, bra- you said Breaking Brad. Well, he who is he Brad? deserved a lesson. Who is that? <laughs> I don't know, but I No, it's break, nice. Breaking Bad. That's the guy that played uh, Gomi. Gotcha. And uh, he's going to be there on April 5th, two shows, 7 and 9. And uh, we happen to have a pair of tickets to the 7 o'clock show. Sweet. 10th caller, 293-1021. Good luck to you on Rock 102.